here to bring you everything talking game shows let's just get right into it i am here with the one and only you know him from hollywood showdown the price is right live whammy the all new pressure luck there's so much that this man has done he is known as the host with the most mr todd newton is here todd how are we doing i'm doing great my friend thank you so much for having me on it's good to see you it is great to see you, and uh, hey, I'm going to thank you four million times, so thanks for uh, being on with me today. Oh, the pleasure's all mine. I'm happy to be here. So we have we have kind of a, a, a St. Louis connection here, right? You were you went to Oakville High School. I'm a Melville guy, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, I was I was born and raised uh, right there in South County, you know, uh, right, right down the street from you, and... Um, uh, great place to grow up. I was I was actually just back there visiting mom and dad not too long ago. So I got my uh, I got my emos and uh, and uh, Gianinos right there off Telegraph Road, and yeah. uh, it was just uh, it, it's always great to come home. You know, the the older we get, you know, those visits become fewer and further between. But uh, you know, it sounds cliche, but there really is no place like home. And it's uh, St. Louis is a great place to to say you're from. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. There's definitely no place like home. And uh, talking about uh, South County, so uh, your 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 YouTube show, The Tattoo Traveler, you did yeah. you did uh, with the Clydesdales, and you did going around St. Louis, which, you know, of course, those are going to be my favorite episodes. Uh, kind of tell us about yeah. Tattoo Traveler and and what you're doing there. Well, you know, uh, travel has always been a, a passion of mine. My my parents did a great job of instilling that in both me and my brother at a very young age you know the world is a is a mighty big place and uh through the course of of my travels particularly when i was at e entertainment television from 96 uh to 2007 2008 i really had the opportunity to to do a lot of traveling internationally as well as coast to coast here and i just fell in love with it you know i i, I fell in love with with uh, a plane touching down in a place I've never been before, not knowing anyone. Some places you don't even understand the currency, you don't speak the language, and, <laughs> and every step you take is is an adventure. And um, I had the opportunity to co-host a show on E! called Wild On, which was a travel show. And I just, I, I loved the concept of bringing people along for the ride. You know, inviting them to pack their bags and let's check out someplace new. Maybe you're maybe you're planning a trip here. Maybe you'll never ever come here, but I want you to see it, and I'm going to share it with you through my eyes. And you know, now with YouTube, the world has changed. It's not so much pitching television shows and trying to get on a TV network anymore. Uh, we've all got our own TV networks. YouTube is it has changed the game. So uh, I started the Tattoo Traveler uh, early. 2022, right when uh, everything started opening back up again. And uh, we've had the opportunity, we have a lot of shows in the can 
as they say, but we just got back from Bangkok, Thailand. We're getting ready to go to Europe where we'll hit Rome and Milan and Paris and London and Geneva and uh, Amsterdam. It's just, it's going to be wonderful. But yeah, when I was visiting mom and dad, you know, listen, those Budweiser Clydesdales, <laughs> you know, people take them for granted because you see them on TV so much, but man, I tell you what, when you're standing next to those majestic creatures and they're looking you right in the eye, you know, it really is something. And there's, there's a lot that goes into being selected to be one of the elite Budweiser Clydesdales. So that's what the channel does. It takes you behind the scenes and uh, you know, a little a little further in depth than just a typical uh, quote unquote travel expert will do. But uh, it's seeing some good growth. We've got a, a lot of exciting things coming. There might be some television opportunities following it. So, you know, that's that's something I want to ride to the wheels fall off, as they say. Yeah, that sounds like, uh, you know, you get to travel and you get to show people the world and yeah. you're, you're doing it. What's better than that? Right. And nothing, uh, nothing. nothing. You're right. And you're right about them. Those horses, those Clydesdales. The, the eyes are so big and looking into their eye, you never know what a horse is thinking. So until you're next to one, people just don't realize how big they are. Well, I tell you what we have, uh, you know, my, my daughter has a horse and we spend a lot of time at the barn with it and, and he's a big boy and, or I thought he was a big boy until I stood next to those Clydesdales. But uh, yeah. And then the St. Louis video was a lot of fun. Obviously we went to the arch and we went by Chuck Berry's home and, uh, Emo's Pizza was something we had to expose people to. So I hope people will check it out. You know, the handle is at the tattoo, uh, the tattoo traveler over on YouTube. And um, actually, uh, there's a, a fun video coming up this week, you know, about 90 miles outside of St. Louis is a town called Uranus. I don't know if you've <laughs> ever been to Uranus, Missouri, but uh, they say everybody has fun in Uranus. So we obviously... <laughs> Uh, created a, a video around that. So it's it's definitely something to see. I think that's the one that posts Thursday or Friday. Okay. When, when a place like that presents an opportunity, you you have to visit it, right? You got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's, it's neat because um, sometimes we call ahead and we'll say, hey, you know, can we do this? YouTube thing. And, and, uh, and sometimes people are, are game show fans or former E fans. So they, you know, they might take us a little further behind the curtain than they thought they were going to. So it's just, it's, it's really cool. You know, we've, uh, uh, tomorrow we're heading to New Mexico, this really cool old hotel called the El Rancho where John Wayne and Clint Eastwood and all these stars of Western films used wow. to stay back in the glory days when they were shooting these movies. And uh, they're letting me stay in the John Wayne suite, which is exciting for me because I'm a big Duke fan, you know, so <laughs> yeah, I've got a few John Wayne tattoos on me here. So that's going to be a lot of cool. It's a passion project that's turned into something, which you know, obviously is the goal of anything. Yeah. Is there a favorite place so far you've been? Well, I uh, I really loved Thailand. Uh, we just got back from there about a month or so ago, and and uh, I, I feel like Thailand has been the carrot that's been dangled in front of me for a while because I had that planned before the pandemic hit, and then it was canceled, and then you know scheduling I just couldn't I, I couldn't get over there. But uh, but we went and we crammed a lot into about three weeks, and that was really fascinating. I love the Asian culture, but I'm a I'll always be a Paris guy, man. You know, Ernest Hemingway and Jim Morrison. If it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. <laughs> oh, 100%. Yeah, you can't go wrong there. Right, um, right. Talk about St. Louis, Todd. Uh, just to, when I, I posted that I was going to have you on, and people were messaging me going, Rick Idol? Are you, is that who you have? And I said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great, man. Yeah. I, I love I love hearing that. You know, it's 
it's funny, Chuck, when I was, uh, when I was growing up, you know, my, my, both of my grandparents lived in South city, right off grand Avenue, uh, one right off grand Avenue, the, by the Ted Drews there. And then the other one by the Ted Drews, uh, over at, uh, Chippewa Jameson there. But, um, when I was growing up, I idolized guys like Wolfman Jack and, uh, another guy out of Chicago, Larry Lujak, but we had some local guys in St. Louis. And this, this might be a little too inside baseball, but we had guys like Jimmy page, the nighttime rage and big Ron O'Brien, these really well-known radio personalities who came through St. Louis, you know, back in the day, these guys would get hired and fired every Thursday at two o'clock. So <laughs> yeah. they'd go from, you know, new Orleans to St. Louis, to Chicago, to Kansas city. And I would, you know, come home and and uh, sit upstairs in my room and and do my homework with these guys just blaring in the speakers on either side of my head. And it, I didn't care about the music so much. I, I, it wasn't the music that enthralled me. It was these personalities, men and women, who would come on in between the songs and just create this. You know, nowadays they would call it a vibe. You know, but it was much more than that. They would create this theater this atmosphere this this place that you just wanted to be every night and I wanted to do that I, I wanted to be that person on the radio and uh, St. Louis radio at the time was magical at the time it was a top 20 market you know yeah. and, and uh, that airport was so powerful everybody came through the St. Louis airport and they would tune in and hear these great stations like the OKWK or Q104, Q106.5, the stations I was lucky to be on, and KC95, which is an iconic radio station. Oh, yeah. So WIL, country station, huge. Um, so, yeah, when, when I finally got on the radio, um, you know, I was an intern, and uh, I they put me on the midnight to six shift just pushing buttons. <laughs> and uh, I remember our morning guy, a guy by the name of Chuck Nasty, said, listen, man, if you want to be on the radio, you got that microphone looking at you six hours a night. He goes, push that button and go on the radio, you know, get, get forgiveness. Don't wait to get permission. And so I did it. And, um, you know, it, <laughs> you don't follow the rules in any kind of, of <laughs> pursuing of a dream. And, and, uh, it just turned into something wonderful, but yeah, I, I got to, I got to use the name Rick Idol for several years and, it was really successful and I'm, I'm 52 now going on 53, but every now and again, you know, I'll meet somebody who, uh, you know, they'll say, Oh, my parents used to listen to you on the radio or they used to come see you at stages nightclub or the Oz nightclub. Or <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and, uh, and that means a lot to me. You know, it's funny. I, I, that industry has changed so much and it, it means nothing to, to my kids, you know, that, you know, people growing up now, they'll never know the excitement of a really great radio personality. It's just, you know, it's it's a shame, but what an honor to be there when it really meant something. Yeah, absolutely. And your book, The Host of the Most, I have it. And I read it again after we agreed to, you know, come on uh -huh. here, I read it again. And what I thought was really cool is when you were talking about your childhood and mm -hmm. being in school and you're like, the kids around, they're more, I, I looked at it as an audience. And that's what they yeah. were. They were just kids around. It was my audience. Yeah. Well, I, I will tell you, um, my grandmother on my mother's side was a comedian, uh, a, a vaudevillian going back, you know, pretty far. 
Uh, she worked with a lot of great people in the Midwest when they would come through. I mean, people like Phyllis Diller and and Mae West, you know, for people that are our age who know know those names. And uh, she was she was an entertainer. She was a natural born show person. And, and um, I took a lot of what I gathered from her just through osmosis and being around her and put that on the radio. You know, I, I talked a little more than program directors wanted me to. I, I you know, I, I, I ranted a little bit here and there, and they, you know, not opinionated stuff, just putting people on the air and, and doing it. It was a platform. It was a stage. And there was no there was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There was no TikTok. If you know, you had to get people to like you and listen to you and come back tomorrow night and listen again. And, and it was a, it was really a form of entertainment and I, I loved it. And the fact that I got paid to do it and that it led to so many other things, what a gift, man. You know, I mean, what a, what, what just a real, real gift to be a part of that medium and to create that excitement for people. I loved it. I loved yeah. it. I was honored to do it. Yeah. I mean, and you can tell in your work too, Todd, I mean, you just enjoy doing what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's what it's all about, you know? And it seems like, you know, you landed the first gig, your first, you know, hosting gig, and then everything else just kind of came with it, which goes to prove other people saw that you really enjoyed and you were good at what you were doing. Well, you know, thank you for that. And yeah, yeah I know it, I know it, it does seem like that. And even in hindsight, you know, when I, when I, uh, when I look back, and uh, think about the road. It it looks like that to me. But there were a lot of you know live broadcasts and car dealership parking lots and overnight <laughs> radio shifts when I didn't have. I remember, man. I, I my first the the first gig I got it was at a college radio station. Of course, it didn't pay anything. It was out at Maryville University. And I, I lied about attending school there so I could work at the college station. And the only <laughs> shift they had was, you know, Thursday from 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. And I said, I'll take it. Yeah. And I was driving this beat up old car that had a leak in the power steering fluid line. And every night I would have to stop and get put power steering fluid in. And there were a couple of nights where I had to, you know, I had to steal the power steering fluid because I didn't have enough money to get it. Now I've since made good on that. I mean, sure. my father made sure of that, but, um, uh, you know, you, it's not all, it, you know, it, it ain't all sexiness, but right. you, you just don't care. No matter what you do, you, you just don't care. And, and, you know, we used to call it the eye of the tiger, man. That's a, you know, that's an old Rockyism, but you got to have that eye of the tiger. And a lot of people don't have that today, I think. But I, that's the one thing I've really tried to throw into the, you know, boiling pot of, of parenthood, you know, with my kids. Like, you got to be hungrier than anybody else, man. That's it. That's the ticket. You got to be hungry. And yeah, I'm at the phase now where, uh, you know, I, game shows, hosting i've never acted but hosting has raised my children it's it's bought me a home it's put me yeah. in cars it's allowed me to travel and meet people and now i get to do the touring version of the price is right which we've been doing this is my 21st year we're getting ready to go on the road here in a few weeks and um i just love that because man it, much like radio the feedback is immediate you know yeah you yeah. can you can tell if they're having fun uh, whereas in TV, 
yeah, who knows? Yeah, maybe they like it. You won't know until the ratings come out. You know? <laughs> right. But, uh, you know, if I'm not on my game, but that price is right, believe me, that crowd would let me know and I better tweak something. But yeah, I'm just, I'm having the time of my life, you know, just the the time of my, I, I was on a podcast with uh, my show business idol. I've got a few of them, Bob Barker, of course, Johnny Carson uh, and Dean Martin. And uh, I was on Dean Martin's uh, daughter's uh, show, Dina, wonderful woman. And, and uh, I told her, I said, listen, you know, your dad was great for quotes. Dean Martin always had a great quote. And I, you know, I want, if they, on my tombstone, I just wanted to say, judging by the smile on his face, it looked like he had a hell of a time. That's it. (laughs) You know, that's it. And, uh, you know, nothing bothers me anymore. (laughs) I don't get stressed anymore. I'm just out there having a great time. Right. And when you're out there having a great time, but the little things just kind of go by the wayside. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's infectious. And, and, uh, and it translates, you know, it's uh, the guys that I grew up watching and listening to the the guys I mentioned, Johnny Carson, Bob Bar, whatever was going on in their lives, man, you know, you never knew they were always laughing and smiling and making dreams come true. And that's what I get paid to do. I don't get paid to complain. I don't get paid to bitch and moan. You know, I get paid to give away refrigerators and washers (laughs) and dryers and new cars and piles of cash. And what's better than that, man? It's like being Santa Claus 365 days a year. (laughs) Exactly. And and you said the word infectious. I mean, I've been on four game shows now and the word infectious, Todd, I mean, when you're up on that stage and those lights hit you, it's like nothing you've ever felt before. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's much different than what it looks like on, uh, on television, isn't it? It's, yep. uh, yeah, so well, I've seen, I've seen, you know, I was, I was obviously looking into everything you've done before we, we got together here. And, you know, when you're standing right next to Pat Sajak after watching him on TV for 15, 20 years, it's a, <laughs> it can throw you off. It can throw you off your game. You it know? really can. Yeah. Pat and, and Michael Strahan on pyramid. Like it's just, it's it's one of those things you look at them and say, "Am I really doing this? Am I really here?" And yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so speaking of podcast, of course, yeah. Todd, why wouldn't you have a podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's right. Well, listen, I, uh, I, uh, there's nothing I love more than getting behind a microphone, you know, and the fact that we can all do it now from our, from our homes. You know, I remember when, uh, you, you know, you came across the occasional radio voiceover guy or radio personality who you know, spent 10 grand to put in a home studio. And now we're just doing it on our laptops with a microphone that I got from Amazon here for (laughs) 69 bucks. Um, But yeah, I, uh, I, I, I'm doing a, a syndicated morning radio show. Now we've been doing it about an hour, uh, about a year with a wonderful woman out of Houston named Maria Todd, very talented radio personality. And, and uh, I've had the host with the most, trademarked for going on five years now I couldn't believe it was available so I snagged it and I you know people talk about building brands I'm like I'll take this one (laughs) um but uh the host with the most podcast it started off you know it goes through incarnations it started off as an interview show like yours uh then I didn't have the time to really pursue the interview so now you know we air it's an entertainment news talk show it's it's two of us talking about what's going on you know to Today's episode, we talked about, you know, how Taylor Sheridan has taken over the world of television. He's got a new show coming out. And, um, you know, it's the anniversary of the 911 emergency system. And, you know, we're wow, talking yeah. about things. And, and the whole goal is to give you is to talk about the things that will keep you talking all day long. It's a little 10 minute show. 
the host with the most, uh, we call it the Toddcast, of course. <laughs> Why wouldn't you? Um, you know, we do three episodes a week, 10 minutes, you know, and all we ask is people just add us to your, you know, to the, to the list of podcasts that you listen to. I, I, the guys that are doing it well, you know, nobody does it better than Joe Rogan, Mark Marin, these guys, but um, you know, they're putting out three hour podcasts and, you know, I don't need to be the only podcast you listen to. I just want to be one of the only ones that you really enjoy. So that's uh, where we have a good time with it and, you know, just putting technology to work for us. Yeah. Well, what's really cool about it is I, I was listening uh, to today's episode on the way home today and they're, yeah, they're only 10, 12 minutes long, yeah. but it gauges your interest the entire time when you're, when you're done, when it says, you know, catch us next time. It's like, yeah. Oh wait, yeah. it's over already. Like your interest is gauged the entire time. Well, I'm glad. I, I appreciate you saying that. I mean, that's that's what we want, you know, and um, we we don't you know, I, I want you to be able to listen to an entire episode or download, you know, while you're going from point A to point B. I think if if you get out of your car to run into Walgreens to pick up a few things and come back, you're out of the moment. You know, so I just want to I like to keep you in the moment, give you something to talk about. I think today we talked uh, we also talked about uh, why Maria, uh, you know, she, she doesn't spend money on her pets for uh, Christmas, yes. I think was the episode. With the stockings, putting treats in the stockings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's, you know, she's got five dogs over there and they're always barking in the background. And, you know, it used to be in radio world, that would be taboo, a background noise. Now nah, nobody cares. You know, it's just, yeah. I, I have my background here for people that are just listening to it. I have my background blurred because I got a dog and a cat that would just <laughs> walk around back there. It's distracting. So, yeah, yeah uh, but right yeah, it's 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 a lot of fun, as you know. Yeah, it, it really is. And uh, I I'm a tattoo fan, Todd. When yeah. when did not to really change subject, but when did that all start for you? When did tattoo start? Um, I got my first tattoo when my uh, when my son was born. So so twenty almost twenty two years now. Okay. And uh, I got it. You know, we were doing prices right in Atlantic City, New Jersey. And I got it way up here on my right shoulder. And then I got one on my left shoulder to even it out. Then I came down a little further, a little <laughs> further. And, uh, for a long time, I was, you know, I, I, I was conscious of the fact that, you know, people may not want to hire a host who's, you know, got a lot of tattoos. But I will tell you, I have never had someone ask me to cover them. Uh, um, you know, sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll put some makeup on one of the neck or whatever, just, I, that's my decision to do that, but no one has ever asked me to do it, but I've had dozens of producers and casting people say, Hey, where's something where we can see the, t the tattoos, you know? <laughs> and now it, it, look, I mean, everybody, everybody has tattoos. I think 65% of Americans over the age of 18 have at least one. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, you get a 50% have five or more. Uh, but, you know, the technology has changed. The machines have have become, you know, allowed artists to be much more specific and, and artistic. Um, I owned a shop in Arizona for a while. And it was really interesting to see, you know, how these guys create and, and women create. And now I've been tattooed in Japan and Paris and wow. everywhere. I, I love it. Um, and uh, it's just, yeah, I mean, look, especially in reality television, I mean, it's, listen, they reality TV seems to really have a have a thing for men with gray hair and tattoos. So I'll, I'll, I'll hop in that boat. I'll hop in it. Yeah. And, and you know what, man, it is such an art. Those, it, it, the stigma yeah. from back in the day, I mean, the tattoo artists, they're, 
fair artist. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah, well, I, I've got I've got three favorites, and my all time favorite is uh, a good friend of mine named Pops Leatherman, who's there in Edwardsville, Illinois, a place called Under uh, Underground Artworks. And whenever whenever I'm in St. Louis, I, I do make it a <laughs> I make it a point to cross the river there to see him. But <laughs> yeah, I love it. I mean, I'm pretty much out of room now, uh, but I I love the way they look, like with a nice black suit and and um you know people on stage at the price is right they, they love seeing that i mean the days of the suit and tie hosts are it's over it's yeah. done you know <laughs> it's a, it's a whole new world out there thank you david beckham uh, for <laughs> whole new world and uh yeah you don't have to be in a in an 80s tribute band or just released from prison to be covered in tattoos anymore. No, you sure don't. <laughs> so yeah, I talked about uh, the host of the most, your book. You also have another one, yeah. Life in the Bonus Round. Uh, kind of yeah. give us uh, a little, yeah, take it that. Well, Life in the Bonus Round was my first book. It came out in um, early 2013. And, and it was a book, to be honest with you, Chuck, that I it started off as a set of journals. My kids were really young at the time. And I was traveling a lot for business and um, for work, you know, doing shows, corporate events and shooting TV shows or The Price is Right. And, and I would write to my children in these books. You know, they were too young to really have a, a heart to heart conversation on the phone it would kind of be you know hey i love you good night see you tomorrow but i could never really share things that i had experienced that day that i wanted to uh maybe i had a you know a, a work situation that i thought they could get lessons from so i started writing these journals and i have volumes of these journals handwritten journals still and uh, i take them with me everywhere i go but those that first set of journals turned into a book because I wanted my kids to know. I mentioned my grandmother. I wanted my kids to know about her. I wanted my kids to know how I started my career, whatever career field they choose. This is how I started it. And these are the obstacles I hit. These are the people that changed the course of my life, you know. Um, and I, it was really lethargic and or not lethargic. It was therapeutic for me. It was it was very uh, revealing for me. I, I really enjoyed it. And, and, um, the book did well. Initially we won a couple of awards with it. Um, and we donate all the money to Parkinson's disease research, all of it. Um, my job is not an author. That money is, is extra money that can be better served over here mm -hmm. at the Michael J. Fox foundation. So um, life in the bonus round was, and, you know, with anything autobiographical, there's no ending to it. You know, yeah. autobiographies don't end until you ain't around anymore to write anymore, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, the host with the most tales of a tattooed television personality, there was more, there was stuff I couldn't fit in the first one. So that one came out and, and now it's just fun. And I've, I'm, you know, I'm about 85% complete with, with, uh, another book and, um, yeah, it's just really, that's just a really cool way to shut the world off and just tune in to you, you know. Yeah. What made you pick uh, the Michael J. Fox uh, Foundation? Well, my my father uh, battles Parkinson's disease and um, it's, uh, you know, th there is no cure for it right now. And look, I mean, there's, who's to say what, what cause deserves attention more so than any other? I, I don't think there's one that that deserves any more attention than another but this one uh hit especially close to home for me because you know obviously 
you grow up and you 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 look at your father in this in this light and you know and then when something like this hits him and I was so I still am I mean my father's still with it I, I I'm so moved every time I I sit with him and see him uh, how he doesn't let this define him it, you know I mean it, it he almost doesn't let him stop let it stop him and we were wow. a couple of weeks ago when I was home you know we sat there we were watching the Blues game and um, together and talking and you know, he's look, it, it slows him down. I mean, he's close to 80 anyway, so he's slowing down, but it's, it's a degenerative, uh, degenerative disease. It doesn't, you know, it only gets worse, yeah. but um, the mindset that it takes to remain strong there. And, uh, you know, Michael J. Fox epitomizes that as well. And, uh, you know, he's done incredible things. That organization has done incredible things. So that's, uh, that's who we choose to support with that. That's that's great. And that's uh I want to say I don't want to say Michael embraces, but he knows what he's fighting against. And he says, you know yeah. what? I'm just gonna keep on going, which it sounds like your dad's yeah. the same thing. Yeah, it's uh, you know, and none of us know how we, you know, we can't possibly imagine where that strength comes from until you're faced with something like that. But yeah. uh, you know, there's a there's a, a story, you know, I, I write in the book about when my father uh, revealed to us uh, that that he had been diagnosed with it, and my uh, my father uh, was a, a baseball umpire for many many years by trade, and and uh, he was seeing a little shaking in his in his right hand. I remember uh, I was living in Boston at the time, and he had he and my mother had come out to visit, and we had all noticed it. And um, I forget who it was that asked about it, but my father had just taken a foul tip into the shoulder, and he just thought it was a nerve thing you know he had some damage and uh, obviously it turns out that that wasn't the case but uh, yeah it's just uh, you know to be able to dig down deep like that man I, I tell you it, it's everyone you know hopefully everyone has a great admiration for their father or their mother yeah. and, uh, just to see this you know to see the way he's he's doing this you know takes that respect up a hundred notches yeah it really does that's that's powerful, Todd. Um, you know, and, and going off that, um, going through, you know, all the stuff you've accomplished and what you've done in your life, the main the main reason for my podcast is to is to motivate people, uh, share share life hacks, life stories, share things that you've learned to help others. What is is there something that you've learned that you could you know definitively say, you know, this is what I've learned through everything. Yeah, uh, well, that's a great question. You know, it, it's um, the entertainment industry uh, has changed so much, but up until about, I would say, 10 or 15 years ago, uh, before everybody was able to do it like this, when it was highly competitive, um, you know, you, you, saw, you saw a lot of not so desirable traits and qualities coming out in people and um, sometimes even in yourself, you know, whether it be envy, you know, why didn't I get that gig or, um, you know, I, I, it, whatever, the, whatever the case may be, I can't think of a particular instance, but what I, what I looking back right now, all that matters to me, Chuck, honestly, is, uh, is family. And I, I tell my kids all the time, I, I, I barely remember life before they came around because, <laughs> because it was such a drastic change, you know, and yeah. um, uh, their mother is just a, a, a wonderful woman. And, and to me, 
I was 30 years old when I had kids and uh, when I had my first child and, and that's a pivotal part of a person's life anyway. But I just, you know, I, I wish that I could have always been, and I hope to always be the person I try to be for my kids, you know, yeah. and look, I'm not, I get pissed. I get cranky. Um, you know, there are some people that don't like me and I don't like them, you know, now at, at this stage of the game, it doesn't matter. You know, mm-hmm. we're all yeah. fine. It's like, <laughs> you know, who cares? Right. Um, but, uh, I, I think we try to be the absolute best we can be for our kids, or if you don't have kids for your, you know, your, your spouse, your partner. And I just wish that I I could have always had that as my goal because yeah. it's just easier to be nice. You know, yeah. it's easier to be nice. It's less stressful. You know, you never feel like you're wasting time when you're being nice. <laughs> right. But, but when you're being a tool or when you're being, you know, cantankerous or difficult. There was one project uh, that I worked on that was just a not, I just wasn't a good fit. It wasn't a good fit for me. And I, I, I dreaded it, you know, and yeah. I know that I wasn't the most pleasant guy <laughs> to be around on that particular project. And, and there were a lot of people there who loved it. It was a perfect fit for them. So I was that guy for a little while. Luckily it wasn't very long, but you know, <laughs> And it's been long enough now where I think it's been forgotten, but you know, it just, it would have been easier just to be nice, you know, just to be cool. (laughs) And um, you know, so I've always kind of strived to be super easy to work with. And and I think it's worked to my advantage as well, but personally it's been a lot easier on me, but yeah, just be nice and try to be, try to be the one that people hope comes back, you know, or, or be the one that they look forward to see, walk in. That's, that's the best advice I can give. Yeah. Sometimes it's easier said than done. Um, but, uh, takes a little work, but it's always worth it. Yeah, it is. And, and yeah, like you said, man, I mean, I just can't reiterate more. Like it's so much easier, makes life much easier when you're just nice to everyone. And you know, the, the old, uh, why can't we all just get along? I mean, yeah, yeah. the older, the older I get, the more I, I really just, that's how I feel as well. Like, why can't we just get along? We're at, we're on this rock one time and we're all living the same life, right? It's just easier. You know, if yeah. for no other reason, be nice for selfish reasons because it's just <laughs> easier, you know? Yeah. It's just, you don't go to bed embarrassed or angry or, you know, wishing you hadn't said this or done that. It's just it's just easier, man, and easier is good. It's good. <laughs> easier easy. Easier is good. I can't think of a a better message to end this conversation with Todd. Uh, easier is good, uh, man. I can't thank you enough for coming on with me. Um, you know, I followed your work a long time, being a St. Louis guy, being into the whole game show thing. So, uh, hey, I thank you so much. Um, and like we talked about, the host with the most podcast, tattoo traveler on YouTube. You're traveling all over the place. You've yeah. got books out already. Another one coming. Uh, I'm looking forward to this, this new book you talk about. Well, I appreciate it, Chuck. You're a great interviewer, man. And, uh, I am always, I'm always supportive and grateful for people to keep, uh, you know, the true spirit of game shows alive. And we'll actually, uh, we're not doing prices right live in St. Louis on this tour, but we'll be in Effingham, Illinois and Peoria, Illinois, which isn't far from you. So, 
Uh, take a look at those uh, dates. And if they work out, I'd love to have you as my guest at the show. It'd be nice to meet you in person. Man, that would, I think you'd be, enjoy phenom- that would be phenomenal. <laughs> All right, brother. Again, everybody, that was Todd Newton. Todd, thank you so much. Check him out, everybody. Like I said, Tattoo Traveler, host of the most podcast. He'll be on the road with The Price is Right Live. Todd, thank you so much. Chuck, thank you, my friend. Take All care. Right.